Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. I'm Arlene for Alex Pearson. And I got to tell you, every day it kind of hits me as it probably hits you. Something strange is happening. You can't. I've interviewed criminals who've spent time in isolation and they've talked about what it does to their brain. And we know we focus on it. Well, certainly there there has to be something sciencey happening as we all do this different thing for over a year now. Turns out there may be something. We call it brain fog. But is it more than that? And what is it leaving behind? Roger McIntyre is back with us, professor of psychiatry and pharmacology and UFT head of Mood Disorders Pharma Psychopharmacology Unit at the University Health Network. Roger McIntyre, thank you for being here. What is it with this brain fog? Is it a, a scientific ad- adaptation of the brain? Or are there studies now that are taking a look at this? Arlene, great to be with you. The answer is yes and yes. And brain fog is real. And what I mean by real is we can detect it in our experiments. In other words, When we, in fact, look at animals uh, and we subject animals in some of our stress studies to stress, notably, Arlene, unpredictable stress, because stress comes in two forms, stress that we can predict the end point and stress when we can't. The latter's unpredictable. It's infinitely more malignant to the brain because the brain loves predictability. In animals, when they're subjected to this unpredictable stress, they never know when the next grief is going to come or when it's going to end, which is a lot like COVID. The animals begin to show decreases in their cognitive abilities. Their, their, their ability to process information decreases, and it's apparent on, in their objective behavior. What about humans? Well, this has been shown. When people are exposed to stress, especially when it's unpredictable, mm-hmm chronic, malignant as it is right now, we actually can detect Arlene right in the human brain using imaging scans. We can see changes in not only the structure, but the function of that region in our brain that is responsible for two things, our ability to think and Mm -hmm. the enjoyment and motivation that weaves into the thinking process. So people are probably sitting at home feeling brain fog, not only is their mind not quite as sharp, I always say mm-hmm. the Pentium chip is slowing down, <laughs> but they don't have the same degree of pleasure or enjoyment or even motivation that they once had, and this weaves together. You know, in some of these studies, one of the reasons we wanted to contact you about this is um, we're learning more, just like you're saying. What happens, you know, we had a little brief time where things look were looking up and things were loosening, Will it come back then? Will our enjoyment come back? I guess I'm asking you a couple of things. You know, uh, if closing down causes these problems, does opening up bring pleasure? And is this reversible? Great question. On a positive note, it is absolutely reversible, and it will be reversible for most people once they can get back on planes and go to their gyms and see a friend for coffee and sit in a nice restaurant and have a glass of wine, all the things people like to do and they should do and they're going to be able to do. Yes, it will. 
However, it won't be for everybody. You know, the way things are is that there's what we would call a window of opportunity. And when that window of opportunity goes on too long for some people, they have a really difficult time. And we've learned from previous pandemics and economic shocks and these chronic events in society that some people, unfortunately, don't come out of this reversing back to where they were. They could find themselves feeling like they have a, like a depression or even a mental illness, which they, they should speak to a healthcare provider. But the way you started that, Arlene, is so critical. And you're right. Things looked as though they were getting better. Then, in fact, it wasn't getting better. And that leaves us feeling helpless. And helplessness is a key part here because it contributes to the sense of fatigue, lack of motivation, and what I call the lack of personal agency. In other words, we're not feeling as though we can control our destiny. That's stressful. That's very stressful. And that is also the solution. We don't need, in fact, to say this is what is expected. We all have to be in brain fog. No, we don't. Because other research, Arlene, has shown that when people are placed in a situation of unpredictable stress, the more control over the environment, their own personal environment that they uh, impart, the, re- uh, the greater the reduction in stress, the less the brain fog, and the better their outcome. I tell you who does this well is the military. I think mm-hmm. we can agree that men and women going into combat, that's the ultimate of, of unpredictable stress. And the military knows very well how important it is to adjust your reaction to these types of external stressful events. And that's about taking control. What does that really mean in English? What do you mean? It's about structuring our day. That seems pretty basic. Structure. Yeah, so you, you make a structure, and we got that advice from the beginning. But I'm just wondering, as I'm listening to you, things have changed. Is, is it about doing something at a, at a different time? Does that new structure replace us? And I want to throw this in, into your, your hypothesis and information. It, what about seeing the same things the same time? I mean, because structure is, you know, I put in walks at certain times, but I'm walking in a ravine, the same ravine, it's really lovely every day, and I have to shake things up. What about the newness of things? How does that change some of the things you're talking about? We need to do both. There needs to be structure, the brain needs structure. The research shows the more predictable the environment, the more the brain, in fact, will respond to that favorably, both in the way it's structured and how it functions. But we are not simply thinking machines. We are also pleasure machines. Arlene, guess what? You and I like pleasure. And it gets boring watching the same TV show you like. It gets boring going on the same walk in the park. Mm-hmm. you got to change it up. That's called habituation. And we begin to habituate to the same stimulus like any other animal would. That's called novelty-seeking to replace the habituation. That's mm-hmm. pleasure. And we, and we mm-hmm. want pleasure. That's why we don't eat the same meal every day for lunch. We want to change it up so we can always get that pleasure. That's different than the thinking. They're interrelated, but they're different. And I think what's really, really interesting about this is that we're also hearing from many people who are doing quite well that, yes, the structure part seems very 101, if I can use a university course metaphor, um, but it's more than that because the brain wants structure. And when you structure the brain, what happens is right down to the molecules and the cells in the brain begin to line up almost like those iron filings with a magnet. They just line right up, 
in a way that's more coherent and consistent, and the person experiences less stress. Okay. Roger McIntyre, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, clearly, you've been, uh, you've been into your brain fog research. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. I mean, it's such a bang on, bang on, and may I say, on point topic. Thank you kindly. Thanks for having me, Arlene. Roger McIntyre is professor of psychiatry, pharmacology at UFT, and head of Mood Disorders Psychopharmacology Unit at the University Health Network. Wow. Okay. If you were relating, so am I. We're-